everyone. Welcome back to Functional Spirituality. Today, the topic I want to speak about is what is an awake teacher? So that's a phrase that I hear a lot, um, awake teacher. And of course, I want to give my comment on it, at least why I find it confusing or why I find it that kind of phrasing is significant. And I'm just here to unpack these things. I think that living on the surface of our language and our concepts and our relationships, you know, really doesn't suit our society anymore. We need to be willing to think a little bit deeper and not jump to conclusions and live in assumptions. To me, that's very much what the spiritual practice or a functional spiritual practice is for us now. It's about connecting to what's deeper, like waking up to the dynamics that are present. So, I mean, I'm assuming that awake teacher is referring to a teacher or someone who is enlightened or at least is some degree of enlightened. It's speaking to that claim. And that's a really common claim um, made by people and by their community. So the teachers themselves claiming that, you know, I am awake, I awakened on a certain date through a certain circumstance, or maybe they don't specify when they became awake, but it's a label of some kind of claim. And it's usually to do with this idea of being enlightened. Now, if you've heard me speak before, either on retreats or in the courses, we've, we have this whole pillar of our spiritual practice, which is about what is traditionally called enlightenment. So I think it's very valuable and very significant and very crucial to cultivate our awakeness or our connection to transcendent universal reality and consciousness. However, so that's why I, I do speak about it a lot. But if you haven't heard me speak about it, I usually mention something like enlightened and enlightenment. It's a vague term. It's used to describe different things in different traditions and very rarely is the actual positive qualities that are being delineated with the term. Are they even specified? Um, and sometimes when they are specified, I, I often argue that it's a nonsense claim because it's illogical. It's about an individual person attaining something for themselves as an individual person. When really enlightenment and awakening is about a recognition of the non-personhood of ourselves, a recognition of what we are beyond that. And we can't believe that we are universal and that we are personal and have a lived experience of that simultaneously. They, they contradict each other. So I, I like to avoid the term awake and awakening and enlightenment like a hundred percent in any kind of conversation or, or discourse, unless there's a chance to unpack the common confusions around it. 
Otherwise, we're stacking up value claims about how we should practice and what is good and what we should do and what is right. I mean, those are all the same, but we're sta- we start to stack up these value claims on top of something that isn't even clear and is confusing and contradictory. So I think it's important to clarify those things before making big claims about what is awake. And yeah, so it's a term I like to avoid. Like when we're talking about someone who's an awake teacher, what, what are we actually qualifying there? And this isn't a politically correct thing, like you're not allowed to use those terms, but if you're going to use those terms in, you know, a kind of surface level conversation, I am going to kind of judge or assume or, or get triggered in some way and be skeptical that the way that you're using that has any relevance or functionality in your sentence or depth to it. Unless you clarify what it means in any way, just a little bit, but it's a term that's kind of thrown around. And I mean, I was awake 10 years ago. I I had deep realizations, a deep awakening, a realization and a recognition of what I truly am that in a way that was profound and significant, transformed my mind and my body and my entire life. But I still made an absolute mess of my intimate relationships, my intimate family, my work relationships, I, you know, my physical body, my mental health was all still a mess. So usually the term awake and enlightened is used as a kind of, as a term that refers to the peak experience of a spiritual path. Um, But really for me in my particular journey, awakening the the non-dual realization part of the path came at the beginning actually which was very like beautiful and special and unique in terms of like the majority but I was in a school that was about that it was about that awakening it was it was focused on that so that's kind of what came first for me and if I didn't actually diversify my path it would have been the only thing for me Um, Because many non-dual traditions do not really um, work bottom-up in a significant way. They just work top-down. Awakening will hopefully just reorganize and fix everything on a personal level. Um, But now I'm so clear that we need really beautiful, clear, simple, personal-level work to kind of meet that awakening experience on the top as well and to deepen it and to integrate it. So my real problem is that, you know, these terms like awake, my teacher is awake, or I am an awake teacher, my teacher is enlightened, or, oh, have you heard about this teacher? They're definitely enlightened. I listened to the podcast. You might say that about me because I just said that, right? Oh, Ava's an awake teacher. I hear it all the time. Ava, you're my enlightened guru all the time. So the problem with that is that it can be used and it so often, so, so often is used as a way of legitimizing the negative effects of practicing that teacher's path and also their their poor explanation of the negative effects. So what I actually now know is that a lot of the negative effects I experienced early in my spiritual practice, so the deep pain, the illness, physical, mental, energetic illness, the confusion, all the struggles, the sickness, 
um, that were called purification effects, a lot of the negative effects I experienced um, were legitimized because, and also the fact that there were no explanations for them or the explanations were really poor was all legitimized because my teacher was enlightened, so it didn't matter. And I do believe in purification effects. Um, I believe that the body can have healing responses that are not pretty, but I believe that would be maybe 5 to 10%, uh, you know, the actual um, reason behind a negative effect in relationship to how many negative effects are attributed to that <laughs> At my one of my first yoga schools, anything you got was a purification effect. Like you, if you got dengue fever, or if you got diarrhea, or if you were feeling really emotional, uh, if you got really angry, if a relationship broke down, all of that was called purification. And it even became a little bit of a joke, but it never was really uh, recognized for how toxic it was. Um, and now there's other things, you know, it's the full moon that is the reason for this, or it's the um, journey I'm on, or some, you know, these metaphysical reasons for the negative effects that we're experiencing, and the quickness that will jump to those explanations is the problem, not the explanations themselves, because it could be the full moon, it could be a purification, but the quickness to jump to those is the is the next phase in your spiritual practice that I would love you to consider the the quickness to jump to our explanations and um, assumptions that's just huge for us on all levels take that with you this week look at the way that you're jumping to the answers that we come up with and also the um, label of an awake teacher it also serves to rationalize inappropriate questionable and unsavory behavior that our teachers and our communities in spiritual communities might be exhibiting. You know, we're living in a, in a bit of a toxic time right now as a lot of deeper wounding and trauma is rising up to the surface. It needs to be dealt with. So if there's inappropriate, violent, aggressive, abusive, on subtle or, or overt levels, unsavory behavior, questionable behavior, it's coming up to be seen, questioned, and recognized as, you know, limitation. But in many communities that are built around an awake teacher, and um, when we're assuming or labeling teachers as being awake or being superior even, it's not even about just being awake and enlightened, but we look at our famous teachers and like, please recognize that if a teacher has thousands of followers on Instagram, there is a part of us, a small and probably wounded part of ourself that automatically attributes coherence and value and strength to that teacher. It's, I'm just like, it's just all the time I see evidence of that. And I think me being a little bit aware of that and then seeing so much evidence of that kind of really makes that clear and really reinforces that skeptic in me that absolutely no one gets to have any value in my eyes. Like I do not perceive value until it is clearly presented to me. 
And although, you know, I, I have been getting criticism recently that I'm lacking that, what about the, the faith and the mystical nature? And can't you just be a little bit more loose? And I would be able to take that criticism a little bit more on board if I wasn't so incredibly devotional and so incredibly mystical, but just, you know, a lot of the extra stuff around it has fallen away. And I took on board all of those extra pieces of, you know, just, just, um, trust and just, um, love and just follow, you know, just subscribe to this. I did that already. It didn't get me anywhere. Um, or it got me, and it got me to a lot of places, but now I can see that you can still have mystical, mythical depth and devotion and universal connection without some of that extra undiscerning bits that actually leads to more problem. So although my practice has simplified, I don't believe it's less mystical I believe I can be a, a skeptic and a mystic in the same breath. And I actually think it's incredibly important. And I don't feel like I'm overly skeptical to try to compensate for the, you know, over mysticism of our current spiritual industry and communities. I don't think I'm compensating. I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm actually a healthy skeptic. But I believe that that skepticism and willingness to question is, and the tendency to rationality is so heavily stigmatized in our spirituality that it just seems like maybe I'm a bit of an extreme. That's just me explaining and, um, yeah, I guess giving voice to my, my response to people who are probably not listening. And actually I know for sure are not listening to the podcast, but yeah, that's, that's my response to those kinds of lines of thinking. So actually that, you know, lack of rationalism is being used to rationalize inappropriate, unsavory behavior because they're, you know, we're, we're glorifying some aspects of that spiritual community or that teacher. Why are people doing this? So why would, why are people, I mean, there's so many the, of these culty schools and communities that I've been a part of and, and witness currently and, and that are around and that I also hear about, you know, third party and people do this so they can be part of a community. They're willing to you know, uphold this view that the teacher is awake or that the spiritual community is triumphant or needs to be glorified because they want to be a part of it. They also might want to be favored in their teacher's eyes and be a good little boy or girl. And it's a fawn response. So abnegating their internal attunement and alignment and sensitivity in order to just be a good little girl or good boy. And also because if they can condone this awakeness and a teacher and attribute it to the teacher, they can still have a path and a shot at enlightenment themselves. So is it wrong to praise teachers? Absolutely not. I think it's important that teachers have a sense of authority and that they have a sense of reverence, but it needs to be a hundred percent authentic. It's more important than anyone else in the community that the spiritual teacher is clean, 
because they're acting as the authority apparent in the dynamics with people who are often very wounded. So it is important that a teacher is seen as superior in certain ways. It's Im- but it's not just important that they're seen as that and that they have a sense of authority and that they can be trusted and that they can lead. That's what I mean by a sense of superiority. They, they are being followed in some way. But that, if that comes with even a little bit of inauthenticity, it has not just the problem of gently or slightly leading astray, never mind hugely leading astray swaths of people in their entire community, which is just what we see everywhere. Spiritual, I mean, functional spirituality stands against diluted and dogmatic spiritual practice. And that's not a small problem. That is a epidemic. It's a full epidemic of diluted and dogmatic spirituality and spiritual teachers. So it's a huge problem. So not only are these teachers leading people astray when they have authority, but it also really contributes to very traumatizing dynamics within the communities. So as you can see, this is one of the things that really raises the skeptic hairs on the back of my neck. I get that I have a reaction to it. I get that I have a history of being a part of this. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still yet to see a clear example of where the word awake teacher is being used in a, you know, in a supportive way. Even if someone is clearly awake, like Muji and Adyashanti, why is it important to pick that quality out? And it could be. In fact, I can see reasons why it would be good, important to pick out that quality of awakeness. But yeah, it's... I'm not seeing it in the way that the word is being used. So, like I said, I get some feedback and because of that feedback, you might even sometimes think, you know, maybe some people listening think, you know, is there anything you do approve of, Ava? And heaps. I promote so many things that I think we should cultivate on the podcast as much as I am skeptic. So you're here for the conversation and you're here for more awareness Um, maybe some advice here and there, but really you're here for more awareness and a deeper pointing inward to a conversation so that you can inform your own inner advice in a way that's a bit deeper. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And of course, I offer these podcasts freely. And in exchange, if you do enjoy the podcast and you think it's valuable, I would ask for your support to subscribe to the podcast. There's a little plus button on the top of the app when you search functional spirituality um, and or to screenshot and share the episode to your friend or to your socials. That support really makes a difference in helping us to spread functional spirituality into your community. Thank you so much. And you'll hear me back again here next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.